Welcome. This is the Life Habits Podcast Series, and my name is Carl Vradenberg. It's the series that helps you to learn new habits to optimize your life in order to stay sane in this crazy world. This is episode number 105, and the topic for today is exploring the world. This is another in the episode series that I call Life Experiences, and a number of you some episodes ago requested that I dedicate some episodes to various major life changes and to have guests on who have gone through those uh, changes, telling their story from their own point of view. I see these as ways of vicariously experiencing changes that you may be considering by having a Life Habits virtual coffee with someone who's experienced it themselves. So today we get into the third of these on the topic of exploring the world with Kate Pattison, who is in Melbourne, Australia. I have known Kate for many, many years and I'd like to welcome Kate to the podcast. Welcome, Kate. Thanks, Carl. It's good to be here. Well, it's great to have you on and I've wanted to have you on for some time and I think you are one person that has done really interesting things that I think a lot of other people are considering doing as well, and that is exploring the world. And so let's get started by you telling us a little bit about yourself, you know, where you were born, where did you grow up, where'd you go to school, college, and that sort of thing. Great. So I was born in Toronto, Canada. I grew up in a little bungalow house with my mom, dad, and brother. Uh, We always had one to two cats, of course. My brother and I were friends with all the neighborhood kids, including your kids, of course. Uh, So most of my childhood memories are running around and in and out of everybody's houses. I went to Wexford Collegiate School for the Arts, where I was enrolled in the music theater program and basically sung and danced my way through high school. From there, I did my bachelor in history, studying at Guelph University, and then transferred to Ryerson in downtown Toronto, where I did my second year. From there, I enrolled in an exchange program and moved to Curtin University, which is in Perth, Australia, which definitely started my love for traveling, uh, and then returned to finish my degree at Ryerson. I think after going to the same elementary school for 10 years and high school for four, I just desperately needed to start moving around. Uh, I worked for a year or so after that and then studied an advanced diploma in journalism at Humber College. So what inspired you? to make a pretty significant change in your life. You made some reference there to your first traveling experience, and that was inspirational to you. But what made you make this big life change? Well, I was definitely always a traveler at heart. I remember going to Australia. This was my first big trip with my dad when I was 14 years old. And I got off the plane, and I was instantly hit with this feeling that this is home. So I could breathe easier. It was a very strange but quite amazing feeling, and it always kind of sat with me. I imagine that's what led me to do my exchange program in Perth. I had this like desperate desire to get back to Australia. But before fleeing my life this time, I have always traveled a fair amount, and mostly on my own. When I was 26, I started to get this feeling in the pit of my stomach each morning when I woke up, and it it was just would just sit there all day. You know, something was wrong, but I couldn't exactly figure out what it was. Uh, On the outside, I had this fantastic life. I lived alone in my own apartment. I was doing some incredible freelance writing jobs for places I dreamed of writing for, like the Food Network and CBC. I was working part-time as a server at a fancy steakhouse, so I was making really good money and tips. Uh, I had a lot of really great people in my life, a man I really enjoyed spending time with, But there was something really off 
about all of it. I didn't feel fulfilled. I felt like nothing I was doing had any meaning. So I was like desperately hunting for something, but I didn't know what it was. I felt very stuck and in this terrible rut. Like I couldn't do anything about it. It was terribly overwhelming. And I felt just awful most of the time. And as someone that really struggles from depression, I felt like if I didn't make some sort of big change, I'd keep falling farther and farther into this hole. So in a slightly dramatic fashion, I quit all of my jobs, sold everything I owned, and said goodbye to my friends and family. And some people I really should have said goodbye to years ago and bought a one-way ticket to Guatemala. Wow. Yes, I know. It sounds so dramatic, but I just had to get out of my own cycle of these like habits and actions I was repeating over and over again and just not happy with. And my only plans were to attend a women's writing retreat in my first week. Uh, I was terrified about what I would do afterwards, but everything fell into place and I never looked back. Well, that is a fantastic story. So tell us a little bit more about your adventures. Once you went there and then you didn't know what you were going to do afterwards, tell us what happened next. Okay. So in Guatemala, I went to this women's writers retreat where I really began to discover my spirituality, uh, which was something I'd always made fun of before. But you should see me now. I'm charging my crystals in the full moon and practicing meditation <laughs> and working on my mindfulness, which are all aspects of my spiritual path that happened to bring me a lot of happiness and peace. I saw molten lava in Nicaragua, which was incredible. I've been waiting to do that, you know, my whole life. Uh, and much to the dismay of the German man standing beside me, watched his glasses fall off his face and to their death. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, it was very sad. I stayed on the beach in Costa Rica and watched a whole community of people who surf before work and after every single day. I went snorkeling in Belize after a severe case of food poisoning. It was non-refundable. You'd think it would have been a bad thing, but the fish loved it. I saw glaciers in New Zealand and hiked the Tongariro Alpine Crossing to see Mount Doom, where we had a freak snowstorm with 60 kilometer an hour winds. People were actually holding on to the rocks to avoid blowing off the edge of the cliffs. I got bit by the only poisonous spider in all of New Zealand, twice. Poor guy tried to crawl between my arms when I was sleeping, so that didn't end well for either of us. I rode motorbikes across Langkawi in Malaysia, which is essentially like being in a real-life video game because the monkeys are running into the road, there's water buffaloes standing there like giant rocks, and all the people living there are going faster than you are. I lived in a school bus in Byron Bay in Australia, which seems cool but isn't in 40-degree heat. I went on a road trip in a falling-apart van across the east coast of Australia. A kangaroo tried to tip our van over one night, which we believed for months, until a few Australians graciously informed us that kangaroos don't have opposable thumbs, and it was probably a person. From there, I moved to Melbourne, which is where I've lived most of the past year and a half, with a few adventures thrown in for good measure. I went to the Philippines, where we crashed a thousand-person wedding and convinced them to let us sing to the bride and groom as a wedding present. <laughs> yeah which was an incredible feat for us. We were very proud. I tried to learn to surf, but only managed to get stung in the face by a jellyfish, which is incredibly painful and probably will keep me from surfing for the rest of my life. And I worked on a farm in the absolute middle 
of nowhere in Australia for three months and flipped a fuel tanker that I was trying to tow behind a truck. No one should have ever let me do this to begin with. And spent the majority of my time avoiding death by spider or snake and herded sheep on the back of a four-wheeler with a German shepherd, which is not very good because German shepherds want to kind of eat the sheep. That's not a very good dog to be doing that with. (laughs) What a set of experiences. I mean, you've had enough experiences to last a lifetime. Let me ask you, of all the experiences you've had, what's the absolute high point of your experiences thus far? I honestly think it's been waking up each morning with joy in my heart. I feel like I have a proper place in the world. That or meeting Irvine Welsh in person. But honestly, it's been so much good, so much learning. I'm not sure I would ever be able to pick just one thing. I think just getting to know myself so much better. And I'm actually learning to listen to myself, which I think is something I've really turned off for most of my life. It's just like the best, longest date of all time. It all sounds really, really positive. Of course, some of those being bitten by things were maybe not so uh, positive. But what was the lowest point for you thus far? Unfortunately, that's easier to say. I was traveling with my friend Nina for ages. We'd met in Guatemala, actually the first day that I got there. And we just really hit it off. And so we did a fair amount of the journey together. And we had our car broken into. And this was here in Australia. And they stole my bag. So I lost my phone and my wallet. But more importantly, I lost my journal that had every experience of the past eight months in it. And as a writer, it's just simply irreplaceable. To be honest, I now keep a smaller size notebook that I write a basic write-up of each day and I store it in a separate place. So if it ever happens again, it wouldn't be as bad. There's nothing like writing with a pen and paper when you're on the road. So I rarely use my laptop to record things which maybe as well I should do a little bit more writing that way. They also stole my perfect denim jacket, which was so soft, and I still miss that. But it was a real lesson. So trying to get all my cards back from Canada because my Canadian debit card and visa. So all my bank accounts were frozen, and I felt really lonely, and it made me realize how far from home I am until everybody around me stepped in. So my mom was able to transfer some money to one of my friend's bank accounts. And my card companies from Canada actually FedExed me the new cards. So they were there in a few days. Yeah, it was incredible. I couldn't believe how amazing everybody was. So despite the journal and the jacket, which still get to me to this day, uh, it was really fine. And, you know, we weren't harmed. It it could have been much worse than it was. Right. Well, I'm really glad you're using... Your journal again, because as I've said to you many, many times, I love your writing. I think you have a natural ability for it and I want to encourage you to do more of it. You're also a great storyteller. But I wanted to ask you, what advice would you like to have received prior to you taking this great big trip that you may not have? Many things. So first off, I would say to breathe and let go. Stuff is just stuff. Go with the flow. No plan is always the best plan. Be flexible. That's how you're going to end up off the beaten path. Osprey is a really great brand of backpack, especially for females. They have smaller frames, so you're not the same size as your backpack, Mm -hmm. which is a good thing to note when you're carrying it on your back for six months at a time. (laughs) Uh, Listen to your gut. 
So if something feels off, it probably is. Just because the locals are eating it doesn't mean you should. That's my Belize food poisoning message. Same goes for the water. Obviously, we're all trying to avoid bottled water, but in some places, you simply have no other option. You are never alone. Ask for help if you need it. Say yes to things you'd never do. Ah, you know why hostels are amazing? Because they are full of people doing the exact same thing as you. Hmm. So there's always someone that's going to want to go somewhere. If you're not feeling comfortable doing it alone, you will always find someone. And it's just money. So you'll have more of it again. I have more now. We'll all have some again. The experience is worth it. I promise. Awesome advice. So let me ask you the opposite. What advice were you given that either wasn't very helpful or was perhaps even harmful? So prior to me leaving, a lot of people had comments about me being a single female backpacking alone. And I mean everyone. So friends and family, but also friends, families, and even strangers. You know, the woman at the bank when I'm trying to let them know I'll be gone for a prolonged period of time. And an unfortunately large consensus seemed to be that I would be raped or murdered. And why couldn't I find a nice, strong boyfriend to go with? And as much as it enraged me to the core, it also created this little bit of doubt in me that I couldn't do it. Because why were so many people telling me I wouldn't be able to do it? And I just want to tell everyone listening that this is simply not true at all. So yes, there are times where I don't feel comfortable about being alone. And you certainly need to be careful and aware of what's going on around you. But I had been harmed more in Toronto being robbed and assaulted on the street than I had been in the past two years on the road. So keep your wits about you, be smart, but any single woman can and should do this. You don't need a boyfriend or an uncle or a dad to go with you. You are completely capable of doing this on your own. So just don't let other people's fears change the way you want to live your life. So what do you love the most about your journey thus far? What do you absolutely think is awesome? Probably what I've learned about myself along the way, how I've changed. In Canada, I worked so much all the time. I rarely had nights off. Here, I don't do that. I try to avoid working nights as much as I can, of course. I go to gigs of musicians and bands I've always wanted to see. I go to ones I've never even heard of before that night. I partake in the Moth, which is the true storytelling events told live, which was my dream, like a dream I've had my entire life. I go to the movies and to events and to museums, and I've created this entire life from scratch. And it's full of great friends with no one's help but my own. So I try, to, I try really hard to live each day to the fullest to listen and to be aware and to see. I'm so much more calm. That's something that I've noticed like an incredible difference. The tension is just much less in my body. Like I'm, yeah, it's, people here always comment on how calm I am and I think how different I was back home. I try so much harder to take care of my body and my mental health. Although I have never, ever been able to shake my Doritos addiction. 
And I'm just trying to live as my best self. I just know who I am a lot more. I'm not afraid of doing what makes me happy just because other people might not like that. I have known you, as we said earlier, your whole life, or practically your whole life. I think you're at an incredibly good place right now, and I, I get that sense as well. And I wanted to make a comment about your Moth Story Slam, at least the one of them that I listened to. That takes guts to do those things, and I think you did an absolutely amazing job at that as well. But let me ask you, what do you still find challenging? What do you worry about? Well, as a traveler, mm -hmm. uh, and especially I found in Australia, at least in my journey here, you're always an outsider, the dreaded backpacker. So with my visa, it's very difficult for me to find work that has a lot of meaning for me because of my visa limitations. So I can only be with one employer for six months. So most employers, they don't want to hire you and train you for you to just have to leave six months later. So it's been difficult to find a writing job. So I mostly work in retail or hospitality. And because I have this real urge to help people, and especially lately, I really feel this struggle with feeling that this isn't enough for me. So I do get to do so much of what I want to do, and that's usually enough. But it's been something that's really weighing on my mind lately. I really wanted to stay on in Australia permanently, but it's extremely difficult and incredibly expensive. So I'm starting to plan what to do from here. Maybe, maybe this is my time to keep moving. I really want to hike the Kodak Trail in Papua New Guinea. I've been itching to go there since I was a kid and learned that Errol Flynn spent a bunch of time there. This comes from my dad's mm -hmm. Saturday night movie nights where mm -hmm. we would watch a million Errol Flynn movies. So usually I find it's strange little reasons like that that end up taking me to different countries. Just like something I heard about a country one time, and I think, yeah, it's time to get there and see what's happening there. Sounds exciting. So where do you see yourself in five years? Or is that basically the, the direction that you're going to go? You travel forever? I think always traveling. I'm, I'm really considering becoming a therapist. Mm -hmm. uh, I really believe that everyone needs someone to talk to, especially if they're struggling from mental health illnesses. And I'd really love to be able to do that. I honestly don't know where I'd be without mine. I really want to write a novel and a memoir. So at some point, I will definitely do that. I'd like to live in a house on the beach somewhere. Definitely not picky, just some sun and water. That's good for me. And a dog. Ideally, in five years, I'd be a writer and work as a therapist. I think that's the dream now. Sounds wonderful. It sounds entirely appropriate for you in terms of everything that you've been describing as well, Kate. So I've been asking a lot of questions. Is there anything else you wanted to add yourself that I may not have asked you about that would be helpful to somebody wanting to follow in your path? Yeah, I would definitely say do not be afraid and don't live a life that you don't want. Just because it looks picture perfect from the outside doesn't mean it is. And just because your family wants you to doesn't mean it's right for you. I think it's really easy to get caught up in, you know, wanting to have this good job that you can like provide for things in the future or, you know, your dad had this job and so you need to have the same. And that's great, but that doesn't work for everybody. I just think you need to be true to yourself because life is so, so short. 
I cannot believe how so. So don't waste even a second doing things that don't make you happy. Awesome advice. This has been a great discussion, Kate. And I think a lot of people that will have been thinking about doing something like what you've been doing have probably gotten a lot of insight, even vicariously experiencing with you what kind of experiences they could expect. So I want to thank you profusely for that. I just wanted to ask you before we finish up, what are the best social media coordinates for people to follow you at? Yes. So on Instagram, it's at Kate Patterson. So just K-A-T-E, Pattison, P-A-D-D-I-S-O-N. So I just post a lot of my travel photos there and any sort of funny thing that comes up. And my website is freshmenandwetpaint.com. You're going to tell us the idea behind that URL? Uh, it, many years ago, I was in Mexico with my friends and we walked into this hotel and I just said to them, ah, oh, it smells like fresh men and wet paint in here. And we laughed about it for years. And it just kind of became this silly thing that's followed me. And I now I like it. I feel attached to it. Uh, so all my blog posts on, are on there. And I'm looking to upload some of the moth story video recordings on there as well. So you could check those out as well. So I follow you on Instagram. I didn't even know about this particular uh, blog site and probably easy for you to get that URL. It's probably not in yeah. super demand. Yeah, it but... wasn't. It was definitely not in demand. <laughs> <laughs> no, it sounds wonderful. So listen, Kate, thanks ever so much for this podcast episode. And I'd like to wish you all the best. And we'll check in with you again sometime to see how things are going. Thanks ever so much. Thank you as well. Have a great day.